The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Giants fans. You are listening to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. On today's show, we will be joined by Matt Dinelli of the Stampede Blue Colts cast to preview Sunday's Giants-Colts Week 16 game. We will also talk about the Odell Beckham injury situation and perhaps a little bit about the meaning of the last couple of games for the Giants as they finish out the the 2018 season. I guess first and foremost, we need to talk about the Beckham situation. Odell has obviously not played in the last two games, suffering from the quad injury that he first suffered a few weeks ago against the Philadelphia Eagles. At this point, you know, Pat Shermer continues to be asked about shutting Odell down continues to indicate that he would like everyone to play, uh, that he does not want to shut Beckham down, even though the games for the Giants are meaningless at this point, at least meaningless in terms of the playoff picture. Beckham did not practice again on Thursday, but also told the media that he doesn't want to shut it down. He wants to continue to try to rehab. He wants to play if he can, if at all possible, Sunday against the Colts and perhaps, you know, week 17 against the Dallas Cowboys when the Giants finish out the season. You know, is that smart? I don't know. I really don't know the extent of the injury. I don't know, you know, the ramifications of of what uh, what risks Beckham, you know, would face if he did play in a game. I know it seems kind of pointless in some ways to to risk a star wide receiver like Odell you know, at this point in the season when he hasn't played for a while. I do, however, understand, you know, where Pat Shermer is coming from, whether or not uh, Beckham plays at all the rest of the season. Shermer's a first-year head coach. His job is to win games. His effort right now is to continue to build culture, continue to help teach this team how to win, how to do things the right way. 
he's you know he's trying to build that that winning culture that can take the Giants forward you know for him and for the Giants you know going into the 2019 season they can take something from these final two games if they play hard if they play well you know the flip side of that is if they pack it in and don't play hard for Pat Shermer and play hard for each other which is something that Shermer has been preaching, that tells us something about some of the players in the locker room as well. And so I can see, even if even if there's no intent for Beckham to play for the rest of the season, I can see why perhaps the Giants haven't put him on IR at this point. Could simply be you know, a message to the players in the locker room that, hey, the season's not over, let's continue to prepare, let's continue to practice, let's continue to go hard, Let's try to finish the season on a good note. You know, in all likelihood, I think we probably do not see Odell again this season. It it would really surprise me at this point if uh, if the Giants put him out there. But I do understand why they're not putting him on IR at this point. You know, we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out. Before the Colts game, you know, Beckham could land on IR. We don't know. But as I said, I'd be surprised to see him. I just do believe that these games, meaningless in the standings for the Giants, though they might be, can be helpful to them heading into the 2019 season. Obviously, not all of these guys are going to be Giants in 2019, but many of them will be. They are continuing to learn how to win, continuing to learn how to play together. So anytime they go out there and they put together a good, solid winning effort is a building block, you know, going forward. So, you know, tonight, Sunday's game looks like a difficult matchup for the Giants, but there are still things for the Giants to gain from playing hard. All right, Giants fans, let's switch gears here and bring in Matt Dinelli of the Stampede Blue Colts cast. What you'll hear next is an interview that I did with Matt to preview Sunday's Giants-Colts game. So here we go. Okay, Giants fans, I'm joined now by Matt Dinelli of the Stampede Blue Colts cast. Matt, thanks a lot for joining me today. How you doing, Ed? Good to be here, my man. Hey, uh, so... We have a game coming up on Sunday, uh, and we have a, you know, the Giants are facing a Colts team that's won seven out of its last eight games, you know, put itself in position to to make a, a run at a wild card spot here. What's been the thing that's really turned this around for Indianapolis? Well, I think there for a little while it was, you know, the combination of the running game with Andrew Luck being able to kind of manufacture the passing game with you know, very little in the way of weapons in terms of anything over T.Y. Hilton. But, you know, you, you add in there that the, the the offensive line has been so much better than even anybody's highest expectations would have been this year, I think. Um, and you take in the consideration of Matt Slauson, you know, being gone for the season, the the, the fact that Braden Smith stepped up so, so uh, enormously and that, you know, Mark Glowinski had been fantastic for the Colts, too. Nobody would ever guess that Mark Glowinski started the majority of the season and earned it and deserved it, you know. So there's been some help, uh, I think, from unexpected areas a couple different times. But it just all in all, 
it has just been, I mean, this is a really special locker room too. You get these guys are all on the same page. They love their coach. Their coach is a guy who's really connecting with them and they're connecting with him as well. It's just kind of a perfect storm right now of everything that's involved. It really is something I think that's going to be special. It's special this year because people see the rate at which they're improving, but it's going to be special in the future too, because these guys, you know, I think they really feel like they've hit Pater with everything that's happened. I have to ask you quickly about Frank Reich. I mean, it's sort of, uh, he's sort of the accidental Colts head coach, but, <laughs> right. but that has worked out better, I think, than anyone could have possibly imagined for Indianapolis. Oh, most definitely. You know, when they didn't end up getting, uh, you know, their first, whatever you want to call it, their first choice, you know, in uh, Josh, you know, from uh, New England, it just seemed like it was going to be, okay, well, maybe we're going to take a hit for this. But they have... I think that the Colts, and I think that a lot of Colts fans even recognized this very shortly after Frank Reich was hired. They really feel, and I have to definitely agree with them and have agreed with them since early in the season, he is a different cat, and he is meant to be a head coach. I don't think that you get that from the alternative, quite honestly. And he has just been fantastic. He's, he's informative to the, with the media. He doesn't dodge questions. He tries to answer them honestly. You know, uh, he really, like I said, the connection between him and the team has been phenomenal. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny when you look at, okay, this was their second choice. And I don't think anybody would argue that the alternative would have been a better result for this year. I don't think that that would be the case at all, to be quite honest with you. So he has, he has really connected with this team they've all kind of gotten on the same page and not to mention that they've connected with Chris Ballard and that their vision for this team and the roster in general all seems to be molding together very nicely. And I have to admit, I mean, you guys, you guys absolutely crushed the, uh, the 2018 draft. I mean, Quentin Nelson, <laughs> Darius Leonard. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that the, there was funny that you mentioned that because there were so many people that kind of killed Ballard for going after a guard that high in the draft. But they, you know, the 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 honesty was all in the re, the responses afterwards, saying, "Well, you know, he's a great guard and he's going to be really, really good." But it's all about positional value. And then you look at the Darius Leonard pick, where in the second round, people were calling that the worst pick in the draft not just a bad second-round pick. They were calling that the worst pick in the draft. And he absolutely deserved to be a Pro Bowl selection. He got snubbed, and he has he's leading the NFL in tackles. He's been fantastic. I, I just couldn't even tell you how impressed people are with him. I really loved him on tape. And uh, myself and, and Jake Arthur, who writes for Colts.com, we've been uh, on his train since the draft process and Jake actually turned me on to him and I was kind of like well I don't know I got a second look at him and I was like man this dude's really good at you know he's not one of those linebackers who is going to try to match you physically or try to match that lead blocker uh physically to overpower them to get off and shed what he does is he waits for the running back or whoever the ball carrier is to uh, kind of make their move, and then he makes his move. He's very opportunistic in that way, and it's really paid off for him. He's a sure tackler. He's good in coverage. 
He's even better in space when it comes down to, you know, breaking down the runner. So I don't think that there's anybody who would say that they expected all of this to happen. But he has been fantastic. Well, it points out two things. I saw the Pro Bowl snub for Leonard, and, and first of all, that points out that the Pro Bowl is a joke. Yeah, and, right, exactly. And, and second of all, it points out that that the immediate need and immediate reaction and immediate you know rush to judgment 30 seconds after a player is drafted is just ridiculous. You know, right. we all do it. I mean, we all throw grades out as soon as a pick is made. You know, just because people want to hear them, they want to read them, they want to yeah. talk about them, everybody wants to be an expert. But, you know, there's a little thing called actually waiting to see how the games are played and how the thing fits together. And, and for Indianapolis, it's worked out tremendously. Right. Yeah, it's it's one grades are one of those things. It's it's ultimately just you know content production. There's nothing really to those grades. You could change the title from you know uh, immediate draft grade reaction to just immediate draft reaction. You don't have to put the grades in there because ultimately all it is is that author's opinion on how the the draft shook out for uh, X team. You know, it's one of those things that is is. Some, but something that everybody puts out, we put it out ourselves. I'm pretty sure I've put out several of them myself, but it's trash content. Ultimately, what it is is it's just us with our opinions, and they are. that, And that's great because we all have basis going into uh, the draft process. We like guys. We dislike other guys at that position and, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're the, the way that they play the game. And it, ultimately, that's all it is. And it's just it's just showing you that this is why guys, not just like Darius Leonard, but other guys that surprise people with their ability to be coached, their natural ability. And you put those two things together and you've got a guy who's already going to outperform anybody's expectations uh, at, the, at the next level. And, you know, for a small school guy, not to mention, you know, uh, in Darius Leonard to be able to just come come in as a rookie. And, and in my opinion, and I think that this is an honest opinion here, it's not because, uh, you know, I cover the Colts, not because I'm a Colts fan. It's legitimate. I think he's the best will linebacker right now in the NFL. And I don't know how you don't take, you don't put in a guy who is legitimately in for not only defensive rookie of the year, but he's in the conversation, in my opinion, for defensive player of the year. Now, I don't know that he would get it, but you got a guy who's in the conversation for that, and he's leading the NFL in tackles, and he's legitimately the best person at his position. How do you get snubbed in a Pro Bowl? I mean, that that to me just and like like you said, the Pro Bowl is a joke. Uh, but in the end, it's just one of those things that it's like, man, well, how can how are you not give this guy his due when he's more than earned it? So, Matt, I know your time is limited today. Let me throw one more question out to you. You know, as we said at the top. Colts have won seven out of eight. Giants had won four out of five, sort of going through their own sort of mini turnaround, you know, before getting shut out Sunday by Tennessee. Giants come into this game out of the playoffs already. Is there a path, really, for the Giants to win this game on Sunday? Well, the Colts have been really good against the run this year, but Saquon Barkley is not a typical running back, even though he's a rookie. You know, we, I mean, you guys obviously know that. Anybody who's watched him play knows that. Um, if 
There is. I mean, Eli Manning has to be significantly better than he was. And one of the things that I've talked about on my show as well is that the Colts coming into these last couple games, you know, they're playing a team in the Giants who are playing the best ball that they've played all year, uh, obviously aside from the shutout. But the Titans are doing the same thing. They're both teams that the Colts should beat. But there is always a path to beating, you know, somebody, especially when you've got the inefficiencies that the Colts legitimately have. They don't have a legitimate playmaker outside of T.Y. Hilton at the wide receiver position. The running game has been very spotty since they ran for 450-some-odd yards in two games. You know, they had a nice game last week, but, you know, you're looking at 60 yards rushing, 70 yards rushing before that between the entire cast. So, I mean, ultimately what it, the, the, the path in order for the Giants is to have Eli Manning at, at least at his higher level that he's been at a year, they've got to be effective in the run game. And their defense, which is more than capable of stopping people, has to confuse Andrew Luck. And if they can do that, they are at least going to be in the game within a one-score game. I I do think that the Colts should be... I, I do think the Colts should win this by more than a score. But at the same time, they should have beaten the Jaguars by two scores, and they got beat. They got shut out 6 nothing. You know, And that's just the way that this happens on the one hand, I think that at home, the Colts should be definite double digit favorites because they have been phenomenal scoring uh, upwards of 30 points a game in Lucas oil stadium. And that's just kind of part of the equation here. And we saw that uh, this past week where on the other hand, you know, their opponent was awful with the Dallas Cowboys. They're terrible on the road, averaging about 17 points a game, you know? So I, I I would have to dig in a little more on the giant stats. And yes, I think that there is a path for them to win, but I think that the Colts really have to have a bad game and it has to happen in more than a couple areas. I don't, they've got their protection would have to break down. They'd have to give up a lot on the ground and their secondary would have to be, you know, having a rough day in my opinion to, for the Colts to lose this one. All right, Matt. Hey, thank you very much for spending a few minutes. I know you're, uh, you're up against it here today. So, Thank you very much. Good luck on Sunday, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you again. Absolutely, Ed. Thank you for having me. All right. Good luck this week. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Giants fans, we thank Matt Dinelli of the Stampede Blue Colts cast for dropping some knowledge on us about Sunday's opponent for your New York Giants. That pretty much wraps up our show for today. We thank you, as always, for listening. We encourage you to please subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. We thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy the holidays. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, Seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>